Dear Memphis Grizzlies follower, fan, whoever you may be, if you were a little bit nervous watching the Memphis Grizzlies against the Detroit Pistons on Wednesday night, fear not, you were not alone. There were a lot of Memphis Grizzlies supporters waiting with bated breath to see if the team would be the one that allowed Detroit to snap their losing streak. But thankfully, the Grizzlies get the heck out of Detroit with the ability to say they are the ones who picked up the W against the Pistons on the back of a career night from Desmond Bain. We're going to talk about that more on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Lock in with me. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Boy, are these shows better to do after a win. I'm not going to pretend that they're not. It's a lot easier. Again, the sky seems a little bit brighter on this Thursday edition of Locked on Grizzlies. Ah, breathe in that air. It just feels a little crisper. It's not just the winter winds are blowing around you. It's the fact that the Memphis Grizzlies picked up another victory. They are on a bit of a heater. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but we got to be excited for certain things here with the Memphis Grizzlies, winners of three of their last four games, competed admirably against title contending, at least that's the assumption, Phoenix Suns. And then even though it was a little too close for comfort at times, the Memphis Grizzlies pulled away late against the Detroit Pistons, and all is well that ends well on that front. The Grizzlies are not the ones that let Detroit snap their losing streak for the poor Pistons. It is now at 18 games. No offense to Detroit. That's not the problem of the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis survives. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Free and available once again wherever you get podcasts as well as on YouTube. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. I am your host, Joe Mullinax, formerly of Bluff City Media, formerly of Grizzly Bear Blues. I've written over at SB Nation, written over at Fansided. Flying solo on this episode of the show, DeMichael Cole, busy, busy, busy covering the Memphis Grizzlies, Grizzlies, Grizzlies victory over the Detroit Pistons. Fun times, right? And that is something that, again, it's fun to watch this team play, even in the Phoenix Suns loss, like we talked on a recent episode of Lockdown Grizzlies about even in defeat, the Grizzlies were competitive, right? And that makes this a lot better. This makes this a lot more fun to follow, even when they lose, because they're undermanned still, right? They're still missing several guys. If you were the good folks over at Locked On Pistons today, goodness gracious, you got to feel for them, right? That has to be one of the more hopeless feelings, not just this 18-game losing streak, but the overall state of things, the fact they're paying Monty Williams this much money to just lose all the time, um, how you develop in that situation, how you get better as a program, as an organization, I think that's a fair question to ask, even though it's still early in his tenure. But still, this isn't locked on Pistons, this is locked on Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies found a way. As I mentioned in our Locked On Now, it wasn't pretty to start. Right. It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. The Memphis Grizzlies, you know, I got several messages as I watched the game. No way they lose this. Right. No way they lose this. Right. After a really poor second quarter, it looked like the Grizzlies may find a way to lose this game. 
Thankfully, that's not what happened, right? Memphis has a strong fourth quarter, and they put the Pistons away. Uh, A phenomenal effort from Desmond Bain, which we'll talk more about later on in the show. But I wanted to lead off this part of the show, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies, really prioritizing and focusing on the way that Memphis finished this contest. Because going into the fourth quarter, the Grizzlies were down, right? The Grizzlies were down. It was a two-point game going into the final frame. That's a one-score possession. You, or that's a one-point contest, one-score contest. You might be sitting there watching this thinking, Joe, why are you beating the bush about a team that was within a score going into the fourth quarter? It's not just the fact that they won, right? It's the way that they did it. The way that they put their foot on the throat of the Detroit Pistons held them to 18 points scored. The Pistons shot miserably miserably in the fourth quarter. Easily their worst offensive performance of the game was in the final frame. The Grizzlies saved their best for last on that front, 34 points in the fourth quarter. They finished the contest. They were willing to go and be the aggressor. They were the ones that put the nail in the coffin. They did not lie down. Watching that game, It seemed like the Pistons lied down in some ways, laid down in some ways. I can tell you who didn't lay down, Jalen Duran. He can play double-double for the Pistons. I tell you who didn't lay down, Bojan Bogdanovich. DeMichael and I text during most of the games, and he, you know, we had that conversation about hoopers and basketball players. Bogdanovich is a hooper now. And if they found a way to make the money work, Bogdanovich would look pretty good in Beale Street Blue, if I don't say so, if I say so myself. The Pistons have pieces, but their reserves struggled mightily in this game. That's where Detroit lost the contest. If you look at the plus-minus, their starters kept it close. It was the Grizzlies' reserves that outplayed the Pistons' reserves, and that was the main difference. Santi Aldama, John Conchar, Vince Williams Jr., Jalen Noel. Those four guys and Jaron Jackson Jr. were a massive problem for the Detroit Pistons if you just base it off of single game plus minus, which is a flawed stat. But the Grizzlies outscored the Pistons by 15 when Jaron was on the floor. They outscored the Pistons by 22 in the 22 minutes that John Conchar was on the floor. 17 in the 25 minutes that Vince Williams Jr. was on the floor. You get the idea. The Grizzlies bench was the difference. And while Desmond Bain had a career night, and we'll give him his flowers here in a moment, we'll talk more about how Jaron Jackson Jr. led the way and how all of this experience between those two guys helping lead the charge, the recent run of success, the fact that their point guard will be back in now two weeks. That's exciting to say, right? About 12 days or so before John Morant returns. The momentum is shifting, right? The momentum is shifting. And this team's going to have tough decisions to make. We're going to keep talking about that here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Jalen Noel has had two stinkers of games offensively and four really impressive offensive games. The overall sample matters, but he was a major contributor to this win against the Pistons. He was a reason why that reserve group and Jaron helped be the catalyst for that late push in the fourth quarter. John Conchar as a rebounder on the wing. Not Jaron Jackson Jr. strong suit. The team has to do it as a unit. And it was in large part thanks to the work of John Conchar that the rebounding battle, 46 
to 42 went the way of the Memphis Grizzlies. The Pistons did some good things. 30 assists on 41 made buckets. That's good ball movement. That's good offensive play. But again, in the fourth quarter, when the Grizzlies defense had to hunker down, they did. The Grizzlies had eight blocks in the contest. The Grizzlies had 10 steals in the contest, 19 stocks. The Grizzlies found ways to get to the free throw line. The Grizzlies found ways to be efficient from three. A 50-40 night, 51% from the field overall, 42% from three. If the Grizzlies are able to play high-level defense and get efficient scoring like that from their two best players in Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr., those two guys were a combined 29 of 51 from the field, over 50%. They're going to be tough to beat, even without John Moran, even without Marcus Smart, even without Luke Kennard. It was an impressive showing for their two best, and we'll talk more about that. But again, I want to shout out those four key reserves. Xavier Tillman didn't get a ton of run in this game, right? Did not get a ton of minutes, only seven minutes played. The four reserve, Derek Rose started the game, but only played 15 minutes. David Roddy started the game, only played 22 minutes. Conchar played 22 minutes. Vince Williams Jr. played 25. Noel and Aldama played 26 each. So Coach Jenkins, Taylor Jenkins, rides the hot hands, sees that he has a lineup that's clicking, and lets those guys take over, especially in the fourth quarter. It was a good game in terms of coaching for feel as well as the numbers. It was a good game for the Stars, which we'll talk more about here momentarily, on Lockdown Grizzlies, the way that Bain dominated the Pistons, the way that Jaron really showed growth in one particular area against Detroit. But shout out to Conchar, Vince Williams Jr., Noel, Aldama. You know, Noel and Conchar, I'm not the, the always the friendliest to, especially Conchar. But even White Rice tasted good on Wednesday night because he was a key contributor to an important win for the Grizzlies. They had to get that one. Had to. Those are the types of games that if you want to keep your head above water and stay within four or five games of the play-in, leading into John Morant returning, got to win that game against Detroit, and they found a way. And they finished it late. Finishing it. That's what teams that are still hungry do. The Grizzlies have the look of a team that is most certainly still hungry. When we come back here on Locked on Grizzlies, obviously we mentioned briefly Bain and Jaron. I'm going to talk about a couple of ways that they looked especially impressive against Detroit in that big win momentarily. But first, this episode of Locked on Grizzlies is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NBA gets hotter, and the NFL does as well over on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including things like spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So what are you waiting for? You. Yes, you. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now. Continue to grind through the NBA season and kick into high gear the NFL season as the playoffs approach. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. When we come back here on Locked On Grizzlies, Bain and Jaron, how they led the way in a big win in Detroit against the Pistons. Stick with us. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinex of Locked On Grizzlies, host of this episode, my co-host, Michael Cole, of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee, not with me on this episode. Uh, busy covering all aspects of the Grizzlies' win in Detroit against the Pistons. 
I'm Flying Solo, formerly of Bluff City Media and Grizzly Bear Blues. I've written over at SB Nation. I've written for Fan Sided. Now I'm with you here on Locked on Grizzlies, and we're having a great time breaking down wins, right? It's so much more fun after a win to talk about this team than after a loss. And we've suffered numerous losses, haven't we, uh, covering and following this team so far this season. So we got to cherish and value those wins. <clears throat> and while the reserves were important, right, John Conchar, Jalen Noel, Santi Aldama, Vince Williams Jr., those four guys in particular really played a major role in getting the Grizzlies to the finish line. The NBA is still a star-driven league, and while the Memphis Grizzlies are without their star point guard and John Morant, they have two guys that are all-star caliber players in Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron Jackson Jr., obviously himself, a former all-star this uh, past season that just completed uh, 2022-2023. Desmond Bain, hopefully, fingers crossed, here at Locked on Grizzlies, we're going to help lead the charge, start the campaign for him to be an all and be, or excuse me, an all-star caliber player. Very exciting stuff. Um, I'm sure other people will be a part of that as well. I have got to tell you, obviously Desmond Bain shooting 50% from three is wonderful, right? Four for eight, that's huge. You want to see him have eight assists to only three turnovers. That's a good assist-turnover ratio. You want to see him hit the glass, six rebounds, even more than Jaron, right? Jaron has a big, only four rebounds. Bain had six. Bain played a complete game. Right. And that, that makes sense on his way to a career night. And in terms of scoring the basketball, he and Jaron combined for 73 points. 73 of the Grizzlies' 116 points scored came from Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. But it wasn't just scoring the ball, it wasn't just the efficient shooting, it wasn't just the work that those guys did in terms of stocks, right? Six stocks, five blocks, one steal across Jaron and Bain. Bain got the lone steal, three blocks for Jaron. It wasn't just those things. With Bain, if you remember correctly, he was on injury reports. He had foot issues. He didn't miss any time because of it, but he was questionable for a game or two. He There were concerns that he was you know, not 100%. He looked 100% against the Detroit Pistons. And don't get me wrong. They are a miserable defensive team, especially on the perimeter. They've got some good back-end help from time to time. But Bain should have taken advantage of a poor Pistons perimeter defense, and he did just that. He did what he was supposed to do. He was the aggressor. He knew he had the mismatch. He knew that no matter who the Pistons put on him on that night, he was going to have the ability to get to the rim. And he took advantage of it. That was the thing that really impressed me about Bain in this game. It was the burst. You know he has a handle, the ability to get to his three-point shot in a variety of ways. He can go both ways. He can do a little step-back action. There's lots of things he can do to get open on the perimeter. And he has the, earned the name Downhill Des for a reason, right? He's gotten better in that area of his game, too. But in the half court, off of screens, in transition, really maximizing that first step and getting to the rim efficiently. 19 of 31, but he was four for eight from three. So simple math tells me he was 15 of 23 on two-point shots. 15 of 23 on two-point shots. That's pretty solid, right? It's pretty impressive. That tells me he was the aggressor more often than not, creating off the dribble for himself in particular in this contest. And that was really a positive thing to see. That's a sign of growth in Bain's game. He keeps getting better at doing that in and around the bucket. Jaron Jackson Jr. displayed an area of his game that he has to keep getting better at as well. And that was setting screens. If you watch the end of that game, how Bain got so open late, how Bain found room to operate, to kind of be patient 
and work his spots, find an open guy on a cut or on a shoot open shot on the perimeter or take more often than not his own shot at around the rim in the mid range, getting into his rhythm offensively. It was because of Jaron Jackson Jr. screens and the physical aspects of basketball have never been Jaron's forte. Unless you count blocks as that. Obviously, you, you swat the ball away. You flex a little bit. You're aggressive. That, that, that kind of counts, I guess. But in terms of playing low post basketball, down on the block, using your body, finding leverage, hasn't consistently been something that Jaron's been particularly strong with in terms of his talents as a basketball player. Screening on the offensive end is another good example of that. There's not a ton of glory in that. It's like an offensive lineman in football. You create the room for the skill player, the running back, the quarterback, the receiver on a screen pass. You give them the opportunity to make plays with the space you create. Not a ton of sex appeal when it comes to that part of basketball being an expert screen setter. But it's what Steven Adams does extremely well. The Grizzlies miss that tremendously. It's what Xavier Tillman does well when he is in his rhythm and groove coming off of his injury that he had that made him miss several games. And for Jaron to be a good to great basketball player on both ends of the floor consistently, it can't just be taking advantage of mismatches offensively off the dribble. It can't just be launching three-point shots. It has to be using his six foot 11, 250-pound almost frame to create space for the guys off the dribble that are trying to get to the basket and find openings for others. To set off-ball screens for backdoor cuts as Luke Kennard comes back to get him open on the perimeter. That's not Kennard's strength. You play physical defense with Kennard, he's going to have issues. He's not going to be able to get open. We have to be better screening for that guy because he is one of the top five NBA three-point shooters over the last three years when he's able to get his shot off. Got to help him out. And Jaron getting better as a screener is indicative and important as John Morant returns, Marcus Smart, Luke Kennard, because to all varying levels and degrees, those are guys that can slash will slash need to use screens to help their offense get going. So was it a positive that Jaron, again, if we're going off of two-point shots, eight of 14 from the field, better than 50%. Is that a positive? Absolutely. It's good to see the ball go through the bucket. We talked about Desmond Bain's efficiency, seven for seven from the charity stripe. Seven for seven. They were nine for 10, just those two guys by themselves. The Pistons were nine for nine as a team. Not a ton of fouls called in this one, at least not shooting fouls. The offensive stuff will ebb and flow, man. The ball will go in the bucket sometimes, sometimes it won't. But what travels? What can travel with you as a basketball player? Defense. And we know that Jaron has that in spades. Reigning, defending, defensive player of the year. Desmond Bain improved defender and the team defense of the Grizzlies. They're a top 10 defense now. Remember how we talked about, and DeMichael has mentioned this numerous times on this show, how we talked about how bad the defense was and how we should all be really upset and concerned about that? DeMichael, and to a lesser extent me, but I'll give DeMichael his credit here. DeMichael, who we'll talk more about later on in the show, he talked about a path to the playoffs for this team. I'll give my take on that. DeMichael would always say, they start slow defensively, they'll pick back up. Don't look now, but it's picked back up. It's picked back up. The Detroit Pistons shot 45%, 31% from three. Remember when teams were shooting like franchise best record after record, night after night, for whatever reason, the team started slow defensively. They picked it back up, back to being around a top 10 defense in the NBA. That travels. 
But the ability to get downhill off the dribble consistently can also travel. The ability to physically get screen set and create space for your skilled players to operate, that can also travel. And because those two things can travel, those are two things that can be consistent night in and night out, even when your shot's not falling. And that's what made me most excited about both of those guys who had great offensive nights, but how they did it in the ways that they helped one another and other teammates be successful. That's what made me most excited against the Pistons. We come back here on Locked On Grizzlies. DeMichael Cole talked about playoffs? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just want to win a game. How close are the Grizzlies? Can that actually be a thing? Is there a path for Memphis? I'll give my two cents to finish out this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. But first, I want to remind you that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel over on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering each and every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. This episode of Locked On Grizzlies, excuse me, is also brought to you by Prize Picks. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Desmond Bain plus Travis Kelsey, 14.5 combo with three-pointers made and receptions. You can do something like that over at Prize Picks. And Prize Picks even offers a Rubu policy. So if your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half or does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Playoffs? Going to the playoffs? Me and Jim Mora. Well, not Jim Mora. He's not going to be here. But I'll be back with you when you come back next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Stick around if I haven't dated myself too much with that reference. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Molinax of Lockdown Grizzlies, formerly of Bluff City Media, formerly of Grizzly Bear Blues and SB Nation fan sided. I've been everywhere, man. And I'm happy to be here with you on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Talking Grizzlies basketball, always a little more fun in a win or after a win. Not as fun without my co-host, my partner in crime, DeMichael Cole. He'll be back with us on our Friday edition of the podcast. Looking forward to having him back in the fold. A couple of solo shows here, middle of the week, but we'll be back together, the dynamic duo, on Friday's episode. Playoffs, right? If you've never seen that, look it up on YouTube. Jim Mora playoff rant, okay? That's that's the, the inspiration for that from his days back as the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And like I said, I'm pretty sure I've dated myself knowing that reference. Um, so Michael talked about the playoffs and a path to the playoffs on yesterday's show and how it might have to go through the play-in and what it would take for the Grizzlies in terms of the record they had to accumulate for that to actually be a real thing that could occur. We've briefly discussed it on Lockdown Grizzlies, and I thought it would be a good way to close out the show because it, it, it's a good way to close out with hope, right? I, I think I, I posted, it's not tweeted on X anymore, I think I posted that if you watch this team play these last three or four games and you don't get excited, you don't feel reinvigorated, you need a hug, man. You need a hug, lady. I'll give you that hug. I'll give you an air hug right now. Go, ah, 
hugs. I'll help you out. Because there are reasons to be optimistic. Jalen Noel has done some good things for the Grizzlies. He's probably not in the rotation when everybody's healthy. Probably not. Because Marcus Smart is better and Luke Kennard is better. John Morant, obviously better. And as the rotation gets better and as you give opportunity to guys to play in the roles that they were supposed to play from the beginning for this team, they're three out of four in their last four games without those dudes. Imagine what happens when they get them back, when defenses can't focus on Desmond Bain, when defenses can look at Jaron Jackson Jr. as a third option as opposed to a second. How much more space those guys are going to have to operate? It is something to be excited about that they've turned it around defensively because, again, that travels. Even when the shot's not falling, the defense can be with you. Those are things to be excited and optimistic about. When you look at the standings, Memphis is not that far off. It's not like this is some insurmountable thing on December 7th that the Grizzlies are not going to be able to overcome. Memphis is currently four-ish, three and a half games back of the L.A. Clippers for the 10 seed. Four games with what? They've played 20. They've played a quarter of their season. 62 games to go, and they have to only make up four? That's pretty realistic. And then you expand it to the sixth seed, the 11-8 and eight Dallas Mavericks, who the Grizzlies just beat without Luka Doncic. That's important context to provide. But Memphis is five and a half, six games away from Dallas as of this recording. There are 60 games to go. So if they make up a game and a half or so every 10 games, they're right in the mix. Are they going to be a top four team? That seems unlikely. Seems unlikely, right? But could they get back in the top six? Could they be the sixth seed in the Western Conference? They were projected to be the one seed when they were healthy. Multiple people had them put that way. ESPN, other national outlets. It's not just me. So I'm sure DeMichael and I on our next episode of Lockdown Grizzlies, maybe we'll address Lou Williams and Danny Green talking about how the Grizzlies are washed. That was kind of silly to say out loud. And, you know, I want to save that for DeMichael. We can talk about that with him on the Friday show. I don't see it. I don't see how you can reach that conclusion with what we know in terms of context. If anything, that tells me Lou Williams isn't paying attention. Memphis is 6-14 and and within four or so games of the play-in, despite not having John Morant at any point, despite not having Marcus Smart for what will wind up being over half of those games not having Luke Kennard, three of their four or five guards that were going to be in the rotation. That's significant. That matters. You have players like Bismack Biombo and Jalen Noel that weren't on the team. They were unemployed. And they are giving meaningful minutes. They are playing meaningful roles for this Grizzlies team. Biombo had 11 rebounds, four assists in a game where Memphis needed every single one of them. Biombo was a significant contributor. Jalen Noel was a significant contributor. Noel's on a second 10-day contract. Like, what are we talking about? What are we talking about in terms of expectations for a team that has had so many players out? Brandon Clark, Stephen Adams, Marcus Smart, Luke Kennard, John Moran. We've said it time and again, that could be a starting lineup for a playoff team. But those are just guys that are not actively playing for the Grizzlies that are making a lot of money to play basketball for the Grizzlies. 
For most of them, it's not their fault. They're injured. For one, it is their fault. He's suspended. But once John Morant returns, once Luke Kennard is back in the fold, once Marcus Smart is there and he's able to play off the ball the way that it's designed for him to do with the Grizzlies, how fun is this team going to be to watch? There's reason for optimism. They're starting to figure it out and turn it around at the right time. Over the next two weeks, by the Christmas holiday and especially into the new year, we will finally get to see what this Memphis Grizzlies team was supposed to be all along, at least on the perimeter. You're not getting Brandon Clark back. You're not getting Steven Adams back. So you're never going to see a full-strength Memphis Grizzlies. It's just not going to happen this season. But you can see them in their perimeter glory. What will that mean? I have no idea, and neither do you. We haven't seen John Morant and Marcus Smart play together. Hasn't happened yet. But I do know this. They are competing with guys that are not as good at basketball players as those guys. And if they can continue that momentum and improve the rotation strength, I don't think DeMichael's so crazy. I think the playoffs are a real possibility. So I think that's a good thing for us to focus on on Friday's episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Maybe we can welcome Lou Williams and Matt Barnes, those folks. I think it was the Run It Back podcast. Maybe they can come on the show one of these days and talk about why the Grizzlies are washed because you could buy tickets for $4. Like, that's a relevant reason for a team to not be good. Like, that, that even that, that's illogical, right? That might be a good thing to lead off Friday's show. And I, if you can't tell, I might be a little bit angry about that take. So maybe you'll get a good old Joe Mullinax rant to start your Friday. That would be a wonderful way to get the energy flowing heading into the weekend, right? That's a good topic for our Friday edition of the show. Make sure you're with DeMichael and I as we discuss that. And, of course, much more. Going into another Memphis Grizzlies basketball game, the momentum is on their side, but they're about to play one of the best teams in the NBA in the Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll see how much that momentum carries them. And if the Grizzlies want to be a playoff team, they got to start winning at home. They have to start winning at home. They're doing better on the road, but they still only have one home victory. Somehow beat the Timberwolves? That'd be cool. We'll preview that game as well on the next episode. Make sure that you are subscribing to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day. Local experts of Locked On, like myself and DeMichael, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you're checking us out on YouTube. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. If you're an everydayer, if you're somebody checking us out for the first time, everything in between, make sure you come back tomorrow. DeMichael will be back with me. DeMichael Cole, the Commercial Appeal, my co-host. We'll talk the Grizzlies being washed. They're not. We'll talk Grizzlies Timberwolves previewing the Friday night contest and look ahead to the weekend and the first early games next week for the Memphis Grizzlies. I can't wait until then. Make sure you're back here with us on Friday. Until then, I'm Joe Molinax. Stay locked in. This is Locked on Grizzlies.